Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm a mother, wife, herbalist, nurse, and obsessed with wellness. I can't wait to talk all about what I've learned through my two postpartum experiences, motherhood, my own healing journey, and more. Let's discuss herbs for kids, healing postpartum, the struggles and joys of motherhood, science, and more as we grow together. Before we get started today, I just want to do a disclaimer. Um, I am not a doctor. I am not diagnosing or treating or curing any diseases. This is a podcast just for informational, educational purposes only. If you feel that you need to work with a healthcare practitioner, please do. If you feel that you need to work with an herbalist, please do. Just know that in the United States, um, herbalists have no licensing body. And so um, you never know what you're going to get. So make sure that you do your research into what your herbalist knows and who they know and how they know. Um, But I'm just disclaiming for this podcast, this is for informational purposes only. And I hope that you find lots of information in it. Hi, Morgan. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Well, you and I know each other and I would love for you to introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah, thanks for having me. So my name is Morgan Jackson. I am a registered nurse and an international board certified lactation consultant. So an IBCLC. Um, I live in Kansas City, Missouri with my husband. We have two boys that are balls of energy and so fun. Um, and I have a small private practice um, where I provide in-home and virtual lactation care for moms and families across the country. And then of course, in my own city. Um, And I love just talking all things motherhood and self-care and love getting out in nature and just learning new things. Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, Morgan, we are going to talk about your new specialty, basically, which is weaning. And you have become the weaning queen. And I can't wait to for people to kind of like dive into this. But let's just talk. Let's just dive right in. So what is weaning? And how do you start the weaning process if it's time for you? Yes. So weaning is something that just rarely gets talked about when it comes to breastfeeding, lactation, and even pumping. And I started to get a slew of clients who weren't sure how to start the weaning process. What did that look like for them and their baby? If they were exclusively pumping, how do you navigate, you know, closing out that pumping journey? And I had a lot of friends who had toddlers and they were asking Mm -hmm. me questions and we were talking a lot about weaning and it's amazing how different weaning looks for everyone. And so weaning is essentially the closing out of a breastfeeding journey. It's technically called involution. So the involution period takes at least 40 days to kick off, which people don't realize. Just like there's a process to build a milk supply, there's a process for our body to downregulate supply and then stop making milk. Um, And this process usually takes place over multiple months. And technically, weaning actually starts the first time your baby receives something that is not milk, which is 
crazy to think about. Yeah. Since that six months. That makes sense why they call it baby led weaning. I never understood yeah. why you start giving solids, why they call it baby led weaning. I'm like, my baby still nurses for the next right. year and a half. What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. But it's that process has started. Mm -hmm. And um, our body begins to respond the moment that milk is no longer the, the sole source of nutrition for our babies. And um, the reason that it looks so differently for everyone is because weaning is its its own journey. Yeah. And it's not linear mm -hmm. and it can stop and start. So I think that a lot of times like weaning is a scary word because it seems very you know, finite, but it's yeah. really not. Yeah. And I think there's some comfort in that and knowing that weaning doesn't have to be like an all or nothing, you know, this is the plan, stick yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, we change our minds in parenting all the time, right? Right. Right. <laughs> and the same is weaning. And so it's definitely, it's, it's a journey that um, moms go on and then they also go on with their baby as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the changes that a mom could expect during weaning? So physically, there's a couple of things that happen. Depending on where a mom is in her breastfeeding journey, she might notice some breast changes. So if it's, you know, she's less than a year out of breastfeeding and, or a year and under breastfeeding, then she might notice that her breasts feel softer. They don't really um, feel full in between feedings anymore. She might notice that if she goes to pump or hand express, she's starting to get, you know, less and less milk. If, um, and she might even experience like breast engorgement during that process as well, mm -hmm. because her body just really hasn't, you know, gotten the signal to slow milk production down. Yeah. Other women, they might notice that their cycle immediately returns once they start mm -hmm. weaning. If their cycle hadn't returned in the postpartum period already, then they might notice as soon as they decrease that frequency at which they're emptying their breasts, here comes their period knocking on the door. Yeah. So that happens a lot. And those two things like hormonal shifts paired with the emotions of weaning can be a lot. A lot. Yeah. Especially because they, I mean, it's just like waves that come right after another. Yeah. Um, other changes that can happen is um, some women, if they were trying to, you know, be a little bit more fit or they felt like they weren't losing a little bit of some baby weight that they were retaining or something like that, they've noticed that once they wean, they are able to lose a little bit of weight. I'm not saying you're going to be like dropping pounds. That's right. not, you know, don't wean to lose weight. Totally. Um, and some of those hormonal changes actually can have like the opposite effect on some women where it's like, whoa, why am I all of a sudden putting on a bunch of pounds? Because your hormones are going, Ooh. it's yep. it's like its own little postpartum game there for sure. Exactly. It's like yeah. you just, you. there's not a way to predict it. It's not, you totally. know. I can't tell someone like, oh, these are the exact things that you're going to experience, but Yay. I lay out everything. I love it. I love it. Yes. My grab bag. Yes, totally. Totally. So how could a mom, like if you were getting a mom ready for her weaning journey, how would you suggest that she support herself, you know, for the hormonal changes or the physical changes or even the emotional changes? Because weaning's 
like at least for me it's like super emotional <laughs> yeah it is it really is and what i do is um sit down with my clients we have uh, like a nice hour long discussion. And we really start at the beginning and talk about what did breastfeeding look like early on and kind of, you know, go down memory lane because mm-hmm. breastfeeding, as we know, is not always so straightforward and it can be really, really hard. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's, it's smooth the entire journey. And other times moms have been working so hard to produce milk mm-hmm. and it's an emotional, um, you know, process to think that you did all of this work for however many months or um, years, and now it's gonna, it's gonna be over. And so we start at the beginning, we just kind of talk about like, what has it meant? Um, What did they overcome? What did they learn about themselves and about their baby? Or how did they come, you know, how did their family come together? And like, you know, it's such a, it's such a experience where there's so many hands that have helped them along the way. And so we talk about that or even what were some gaps in, in their breastfeeding journey or what makes them sad or what was really hard and didn't get resolved, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about how do you talk to your toddler? If it's an older baby or a toddler, how do you talk to them about weaning and what that's going to look like? And there are some really good children's books that talk about weaning. Um, And I always tell my moms, yes, breastfeeding is going away, but that opens up a space in your schedule for something new that can be like just as amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then there's not a hole. And I love that idea of like, I'm celebrating the journey. So it's kind of like, like, because you don't really get to talk that often about your breastfeeding journey, you know, um, even to like fellow, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but even to fellow like breastfeeding moms, um, sometimes talking about weaning, they're like, well, why would you want to stop? And then talking to, you know, um, formula feeding moms, they're kind of like, well, just stop. What do you mean? Um, and so you're kind of like, left in this limbo, it's still so taboo to talk about weaning. So that's so fabulous that they can kind of vent that out and also like celebrate what the journey was, no matter how long it was. Exactly. Because any amount of breast milk is valuable to a baby. So even if it was for three weeks, that's three whole weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, I always like switch that wording. It wasn't just three weeks. It was three amazing weeks. And so One of the things that I have my moms do is make like a little photo album of pictures of just skin to skin time and baby wearing and breastfeeding and pumping and have that to look back on because it is something to, you know, it's a badge of honor yeah, and it's something to talk to your baby about and, and, you know, look at those pictures together. And I think that there's something to be said about celebrating those small moments that eventually added up to being such a big part of early motherhood. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm one of those moms that always has a hard time once I stop breastfeeding to um, reimagine my identity as motherhood. Mm, Like how, how am I providing for you now? And I think that that's kind of common. People kind of, you know, hang their hat on, well, I'm breastfeeding. And so, you know, he's got that going for him or she's got that going for her. Um, And so I think that's like, 
that's really special. We just had family pictures taken and I had the photographer take some breastfeeding pictures because I'm like, this might be my last baby and we might be weaned in a little while. We'll see. He's still a booby barnacle. It'll take a while. <laughs> I love that you did that though. Oh my yes, goodness. I needed them. I needed them, right? Yes. So something that I see in my clients, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, is what I call like post-weaning depression. So it's kind of like like when you wean, there's some hormonal and physical and emotional changes that aren't talked about because weaning's not talked about. And so it can kind of hit you like a brick wall. You're like thinking, I, I'm like done with postpartum. I'm done breastfeeding. I'm, you know, a free woman. I'm back to me. And suddenly you're hit with these like big emotions and these, these big feelings. Do you see that a lot in your practice as well? I do. I see that a lot and it's common. And I think normalizing the fact that there's going to be some emotional, um, you know, fluctuations and hormonal changes, that's to be expected. And when we normalize that, then I think it gives moms the permission to talk about it, to ask yeah. questions, um, to share about it with others. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I think that because weaning looks differently for everyone, sometimes yeah. we in our own head think I'm the only one who must feel this way. Right. I'm the only one who must be sad. All these other moms are like, oh, freedom. I'm done breastfeeding. I got my body back. You know, I'm sleeping all night long, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And they might feel all those things and they might still feel a little sad in yeah. this breastfeeding. Um, and when we talk about those feelings, I think it just makes it okay to feel them. Absolutely. One of the big things that I tell my moms is that post-weaning depression exists. Mm -hmm. Those are real feelings yeah. and they're not, um, they don't last for very long. So right. they last for about a three to four week span is what I've seen and what research, there's very limited research, but what right. research tells us yeah. is that it is um not to compare it to baby blues, but similar in the sense that because hormones are regulating, you're going to have those times where you feel sad, down, mm -hmm. hopeless, um, weepy. And that's, once again, it's normal. Yeah. And I think something that, you know, that just came to me right now, but something that's probably really huge is you were getting huge doses of oxytocin every time you breastfed. Now, where can you find that oxytocin? So if you're planning on weaning, where can you find in your day those mm. doses of oxytocin? Yeah. Do you need to go grab some chocolate? You can get some oxytocin from chocolate. Do you need a big, huge hug from your husband? Maybe mm -hmm. you do. Do you need to just snuggle up that baby and give him lots yep. of kisses and get that oxytocin? But where else can you find it? And maybe look into those before you start weaning so that you can kind of start supplementing yourself with some oxytocin. Yes, that's one of the big strategies that right. I talk up with my clients is what do you enjoy? Let's yeah. get back to some of those things. For some moms, it's even now that they are weaning, they're finding that they have a little bit more extra time in the mornings and they're like, oh, I can finally do that workout that I really love. That's yeah. a great way to start your day off and get that boost of oxytocin and endorphins yes. flowing. Um, that's where the photo album idea actually comes into play because when you're sitting with your baby on your lap and you're looking at these pictures and these memories, yeah. You're releasing oxytocin. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just enjoying simple hobbies. It doesn't have to be anything big. 
Mm -hmm. you said, chocolate. It doesn't have to be huge. Um, but finding those little things really helps to find a balance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that I have found helpful for a lot of clients is um, motherwort. So motherwort is an herb. They say it's the the herb for mothers. Um, so it's like to mother the mother. Um, and it's a fantastic herb for irritability, um, kind of like that sense of like something on your back. Um, it's just a fantastic herb for that like feeling like you have no spine, but there's the weight of the world on you. And so I like to do that in a tincture. Um, and this is just for anybody. Um, motherwort is very friendly. <laughs> um, and so just taking a dropper full of that whenever you start feeling that can really help. Um, or even to <laughs> just depends on how you are. But I, I really like that um, to help it also helps with like hormonal shifts. So um, with, you know, the weaning being a huge hormonal shift, it can help with that. Um, so that's that's like a little herbal tip. I know you and I were talking about herbs before this. Um, and so this will kind of go along with the next one. Um, I was going to say, how should you care for your breasts during weaning? Because, I mean, we've talked emotions, but like, what about your breasts? It's going to be different. It is going to be really different. And for a lot of women, those first few drops in sessions cause engorgement and discomfort. And that can lead to shoulder pain, back pain. Um, You know, it can even cause some tension headaches if you're really full. And so talking about how to navigate that usually starts off with using some cabbage leaves. That's my go-to breast engorgement um, Mm -hmm. treatment because it's easy, it's affordable, Mm -hmm. it's accessible for everyone. Um, And so using clean, chilled cabbage leaves with this fine sliced, placing, you know, it in your bra, you feel like a cabbage patch doll, but it's fine. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) You you really do, but it feels good. It's that coolness is very, soothing and your milk will cabbage helps to naturally decrease milk supply. So that's my go-to place, especially if we're trying to get over a small hump and it seems like within 24 hours, we'll be feeling better. Cabbage leaves is the best way to go. And then what I do oftentimes is create a plan with my clients on how to decrease the um, duration of a pumping session and then cutting down the frequency at which they're pumping over time because mm-hmm. our body really does need several days to catch up with the signals um, to decrease milk regulation and supply. Yeah. Prolactin levels can fluctuate um, greatly. And so that's why giving your body time to regulate helps. Also lots of rest, staying hydrated. And if you're feeling overly full, not feeling bad about emptying to comfort to avoid Mm -hmm. clogged ducts and mastitis. I think one of the big things is we think if I don't stimulate, then my milk will just dry up quickly, but that can lead to some issues in terms of, um, you know, clogged decks or, or even mastitis. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, talking about herbs, you and I were kind of talking about, um, you know, herbs to help dry up, so to speak. And I have a lot to say about that. So I'm going to dive in a little bit there. We're going to kind of hit the side road here, but 
Um, I, so first thing, um, you know, everybody goes, oh, sage, sage is drying and it is drying. Um, I would not drink a sage tea if you are concerned about your breast milk supply, but I think you can have stuffing at Thanksgiving. It's not enough that it's going to dry you up unless you're having like severe issues with breast milk supply, in which case I hope that you're working with a lactation consultant and they can kind of navigate that with you. But the other thing I want to talk about is mint. So um, mint, and everybody's going to come for me for this, but I everybody should know this. Mint is not going to dry you up. Um, no. Mint tea is not going to dry you up, especially spearmint. Spearmint is not going to dry you up. It's the menthol within the mint. If you take essential oil and you rub it on your breast or you take it internally, please never take oils internally. But if you take it internally or you rub it on your breast, that will decrease the breast milk amount. But drinking peppermint tea or drinking spearmint or lemon balm or any of those, even though they are part of the mint family, it's not going to dry you up. Um, and so I think that that's really important to know. Um, now, if you're looking for a tea to help gently dry you up, I love to make a tea that is um, yarrow and sage. Um, I also put some hawthorn in there, which is actually an herb for the heart because I feel that it is kind of hard on mommy's hearts. Um, and then I like to put rose in there because that's also really great for grief. And then I put a little bit of spearmint in there. Um, and that's mostly just for taste. It's not necessarily for weaning purposes. But will this milk dry you up? No, not more than a decongestant would. Um, but it's going to help a little. So it might help if you're like super engorged and you're trying to do this like really slowly. Let's say your toddler's like mine and one day goes 12 hours without nursing and the next day wants to nurse every two hours. Um, a tea like that could be good just kind of on the days when they don't want to nurse. Um, but I do, I do think if I'm trying to help someone wean, it takes massive doses of hormone changing herbs. So these are going to be herbs that are going to alter or change your hormones. So like decreasing that prolactin, increasing progesterone, mm -hmm. those are the herbs that are going to actually decrease your breast milk. And please do not take those without an IBCLC help or an herbalist help or someone who knows breastfeeding and herbs together. So that's kind of like my whole spiel on weaning and herbs because uh, that's probably like my biggest question that I get besides I get like, how do I increase breast milk all the time? But then I also get, why do you have mint in this? And I'm like, well, you're going to be fine. And it's spearmint and spearmint has very low levels. It's I think it's 0.01% menthol in spearmint in a cup of spearmint tea. And that is just very, very, very low. So <laughs> That's my spiel. <laughs> no, and I'm glad you said that. And like I shared with you before we hit record, yeah. I drank peppermint tea every day, mainly twice a day with my first. And we, you know, breastfed for 12 months and it did not impact supply. Yeah. There, you would have to, like you said, consume so much. I have seen um, someone using peppermint essential oil lotion. Yeah. Um, and applying it just right before bed every night. And it was the detriment to her supply. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's and not it's, essential oil. And I also think if you're having low supply, 
I do think that it's appropriate to be concerned about things like that. But if you're having that low supply, you should be working with someone if it's a concern to you. If you're trying to wean and you're having low supply, okay. But if you if you're concerned about it, you should be working with someone so that you can ask them and they can go through everything you're doing and taking in a day, you know? Yeah. And that's why having support along the weaning journey helps because when you do have questions about what should I eat or what can I avoid or that sort of thing, you have someone to give you a solid answer instead yeah. of searching on Google, yep. trying to find ways to wean or, or second guessing choices that you're making. Yep. A lot of times when a mom has decided to wean, what she really needs is someone to give her permission to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's because we almost feel hesitant. Um, sometimes, especially if there is a history of postpartum depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. um, or any sort of perinatal mood disorder, Absolutely. it can be um, scary to think about weaning because you're wondering what shift will I see next? How Absolutely. will I, how will I change? How will I be as a mom? Am mm -hmm. I still going to be a good mom? I mean, those are all questions yeah. that, that go through our minds. And then maternal gatekeeping is something that I talk a lot about with my clients. And yeah. I think weaning plays a huge role because Jeez. you think I will lose control of the way my baby eats yeah. when I wean. Yes, that is you know? me. That is me. You've hit the nail on the head for me. <laughs> With my first, after I had my first child, I had a little bit of postpartum OCD and it was all mm -hmm. around breast milk all around breast milk. Yeah. I used to wake up at night and go out to the freezer and count the bags. And then I would go, go lay back down and then I would come back out and I would count the bags again. And then I would go back to bed and I would come back out. And it was like a repeated thing. And so when I weaned, I wasn't expecting to have, I, I thought it was going to be like, yeah, I'm a freak. And, and I had extreme anxiety and depression about how I could be that best mother to my child um, because I had hung so much of that on breastfeeding. And so honestly, if I would have talked to someone knowledgeable like you, Morgan, I'm sure I could have saved myself quite a bit of heartache that first time through. But, you know, we we learn from experience or from podcasts. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We don't know what we don't know. And mm -hmm. everything in motherhood is so brand new. Yep. When you're experiencing it for the first time and even a lot of times for the second time. Yeah. Um, and what I find more so than often is talking through your feelings is the number one benefit to having an IBCLC go through the weaning journey with you because yeah. um, they're not going to shame you. They're not going to laugh. They're not going to make you feel silly. Right. Um, good one isn't at least. And so yeah. Yeah. having <laughs> having that support, um, it's like having that really good friend that you always like to call and, and get advice from. It's yeah. like having that safe person um yeah. through a unknown time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I'm gonna be selfish since I am sl very slowly weaning a toddler. Do you have any best toddler weaning advice, especially those older toddlers? I mean, mine's only going to be two in September, but what about when you have like a three-year-old or even a four-year-old and you want to wean and they're a little booby barnacle? Yeah. So it definitely, there's definitely different approaches for different like ages and stages. And what I've seen with older children, I've not helped anyone wean 
someone like a kid that was four, mm -hmm. but definitely those older toddlers, pre, yeah. you know, young preschool age is really talking to them about the fact that mommy's milk or whatever you call it is going away. They understand mm -hmm. that concept. They can grasp the concept. Usually start off with what we call a don't ask, don't offer. If they're just going about their day, well, why would I? You're not going to bring up breastfeeding. You're just going to yeah. let them go about their day. And if if they ask, you can choose to say yes or no. Yeah. You can set certain times that you're going to breastfeed. And you can say, you know, right now we're not going to breastfeed, but mm -hmm. I am before you go to bed or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever guidelines you set or that works. Yeah. And then replace that. So when you say no, replace that time with something that they really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Blowing bubbles, singing a song, doing something that's still together. Yeah. That helps to solidify that, no, we're not going to be doing breastfeeding anymore, but we are going to do all of these other fun things that we both really enjoy. Even if it's making cookies, it could be something silly, making faces in the mirror. It does not have to be big, but yeah. it's saying you, you still belong here with me, but yeah. just not with mommy's milk. Um, yeah. and not feeling, you know, it can feel so hard to say those things to yeah. their cute little faces and they're looking mm -hmm. at you and you know that it's been a part of their routine. But when a mom has decided it's time to wean, then it is time to wean because mm -hmm. breastfeeding is only beneficial if both parties enjoy it. Yeah. And the minute a mom doesn't, she's getting resentful, irritable, um, feeling annoyed, you know, th mm -hmm. those are all okay feelings to have. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, it's like, oh, that's, that's me. I get annoyed when my three and a half year old wants to nurse. Yeah. It's okay to, to realize, Ooh, I, I'm now no longer having positive emotions when it comes mm -hmm. to breastfeeding. Yes. Maybe it's time to close that out. And we do that with so many things. How many yeah. times are we in a, a stage of life and you're realizing I am getting annoyed every time I'm driving to this particular job or, you know, like whatever it is, yeah. maybe it's time to part. Right. Um, and it's the same thing with breastfeeding. There yeah. are times when for a mom, it it's time to move on Yeah. and um, being firm because what you're saying to your, your child is that I'm going to set healthy boundaries for me. And I think yeah. that's important. And in turn, that's going to teach them how to set healthy boundaries for themselves because yes. they're modeling your behavior. Yes. But yeah. when you we're like your children to be a martyr, you know, exactly. And that in oh, martyr as moms, yeah. we're like, oh, put it on my back. I got it. I, right. I'll i push through. Oh, I hate breastfeeding, but they need it. If you have reached a point where you're done, you're huffing and puffing, you're rolling mm -hmm. your eyes, you know, you're just you're just not into it. Yeah. And it's time, it's time to, to wean. And mm -hmm. with three and four year olds, we have to be firm, just like with yeah. anything that we're yeah. telling them, no, right. they're going to ask multiple times and we're mm -hmm. lovingly are going to say, not this time, not right yeah. now, or we it's, it's done. I've seen lots of strategies like band-aids on the, on the breast okay. yeah, because yeah. they get those visuals of, oh, this is broken. This is no right. more. This, you know, we're, this yeah. is done. Um, yeah. And it's okay to talk to our kids and to let them know 
how we're feeling and that, um, you know, mommy's, mommy's going to say bye-bye to, to milk. It's going to, going to go away. Yeah. And that is such a much better approach than what you'll sometimes hear on Facebook groups. Please never, ever put hot sauce on your nipples ever, ever, ever. No, it's (laughs) no. I mean, there's so many other strategies. (laughs) Yes. I've seen that too. And I'm like, there's a lot of strategies I've seen where moms will go on a little trip. Maybe it's just for two nights and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have, again, nothing expensive. You go stay at a friend's house. And, um, and when you come back, like you, you're talking to your, your child all week long, I was going on a trip. When I come back, there's not going to be any more milk. You go on the trip, you come back, there is no more milk. So Mm -hmm. just once again, setting those boundaries and and going after your plan. I love it. Well, if you guys are weaning, you should definitely check out Morgan because Morgan, you have a lot to offer when it comes to weaning right now. So um, why don't you just kind of like let us know what your offerings are right now, um, especially around weaning. But I know that you also offer fantastic IBCLC support. Yeah. So if anyone is looking to wean and you're just not sure where to start, I have a self-paced weaning course. It's 30 minutes long and it walks you through different strategies for weaning and different approaches. So I talk about abrupt weaning, gradual weaning, and sudden weaning. And some of those things, um, sometimes those overlap. And there's lots of different reasons for why we wean. And I go over that and then talk a lot about breast care And then in that course, there's two bonus um, offerings. So there's a talking with your toddler mini course that's included and strategies, just like what we just talked about now, but a little bit more in depth and even some activities to do with your toddler, what to do if you are weaning a toddler, but you're also breastfeeding a newborn. Ooh, hey, that happens that a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause you're not looking to dry up your milk at all, yep. but you are looking to no longer tandem nurse and yep. just breastfeed one baby. So I talk yeah. about that. Wow. Um, because that's a world all into itself. And then there's also a PDF download. That's part of that course. And it's Um, a sample weaning plan on how to, if you want to start by dropping night weaning sessions or during the day or however you want to set it up, there's samples on what that would look like and how you can kind of customize and tailor those plans to make sense for yourself. Oh, amazing. So I love, I mean, that, that course has been helpful for a lot of moms. Yeah. And then I also do three months of weaning support. That's a package that I've put together because for a lot of us, it's a gradual process to wean. And so um, there's constant support throughout that three months. And we talk about a plan. We, you know, go back to the drawing board a few times and moms really get the support that they need there. Um, And overall, I offer telehealth visits during any stage. So from prenatal classes that are customized to each family that takes one to um, newborn support, exclusively pumping support, um, and everything in between. And then for my local families, I do lots of in-home visits, usually starting just a few days after delivery. Mm -hmm. And again, can go all the way through weaning and I work with parents who are bottle feeding, combo feeding, um, working parents, and really just making breastfeeding work 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, Morgan, this has been so awesome. So tell everybody where to find you and I'll make sure to put it in the show notes, but yeah. just so they can take it down while they're listening. Yes. So you can find me, of course, on social media. I am on Instagram at prepared beginnings lactation, but the best place to find me and get resources is my website, which is preparedbeginnings.com. And you'll find both the, um, so I'm a the co-owner of my business. And so you'll find lactation resources and Montessori resources on our website, um, a blog that has tons of good articles, and then all of um, links to all of my services and offerings. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Morgan. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk about this. And I can't wait to just have everybody soak up this knowledge because I mean, weaning, we need to talk about it. So I'm so glad that we could start today. Yes, me too. This was so great, Amanda. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Holistic Life for Moms. I hope that you will follow along with me over on Instagram at treemamaherbals.com where I'm continuing the discussion of postpartum support and also um, over on my website at www.treemamaherbals.com. You can also find me on Facebook again at treemamaherbals. Um, <clears throat> if you're looking for information on my course, Herbal Medicine Making for Moms. It is now live and you can find it at www.treemamaherbals.thinkific.com. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Uh, in that course, you'll learn how to make all herbal medicines for your kids safely at home so that you can keep your kids healthy all year round. Uh, it's specifically made for moms with recipes, printables, and how-tos throughout. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. I hope you all have a beautiful day and enjoy your holistic life.